Hello, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by From Within Records. The week is upon us. This Friday, Warns Human Work LP drops, and I'm so excited. I've been waiting for this for a really long time, and I'm super stoked. And if you are too, make sure to tune back in Thursday. I'll have something special for all of you. But look forward to that new record. It's going to be super sick. Shout out to the SWB. Also, next month, Payback Discography on CD. I can't wait for that. And there was news posted that they're hitting the studio. We're going to record that LP. And I'm going to cut this in right here. Like I always say, if you're not following From Within Records on social media, Instagram, Twitter, uh, go hit that follow button, support the record label, but also stay up to date on all that awesome news, which I'm super stoked about. So shout out Payback, One Scene. I can't wait for that new record. I love that band so much. And also coming down the pipeline, I can't wait for uh, Shackled coming out of New Jersey. Their new record's on the way. And also on the way, shout out my homies from Chicago, MH Chaos. They're working hard on their next LP, and I can't wait for that. It's going to be super awesome. But like I always say, please support From Within Records because they support us. Shout out to our new sponsor, Streets of Hate, coming out of the Hudson Valley. If you're not familiar, I highly suggest you go follow them on social media, on Twitter and Instagram to stay up to date on all their awesome news. They recently announced a new split, Pain of Truth, Age of Apocalypse EP coming out March 16th, which I'm super stoked about. They've been working on this for a really long time, and I'm just happy that they finally were able to announce it. And the release date is coming very soon. There's not too much downtime in between. And I'm super stoked on that. The EP is awesome. And I hope all of you are able to pre-order a copy on vinyl. But seriously, shout out Streets of Hate based out of New York. Nicole and Alex doing awesome stuff for a lot of really cool bands. And I'm definitely looking forward to working with them in the future. But on today's episode, we travel to Las Vegas, somewhere that I've been trying to crack into for a really long time. That scene is uh, pretty important to me. In my younger days, I forged some awesome friendships that I still have to this day. Shout out Aaron, Dustin, Albert, and Eddie, such awesome guys who've always had my back. And whenever we were in town, they always showed us the respect, willing to house us. Just, just such a great group of guys. And I have a lot of respect for them and what they've done for their scene and just hardcore in general. And I'm really stoked to finally be able to have a band on from Las Vegas. So I reached out and I was able to track down Scott Caparelli and Joel Stanishevsky, two really awesome guys who are dedicated to hardcore, putting in a lot of work with their band, The End of Everything, putting on for Las Vegas Hardcore. They released a new EP at the end of 2019 titled Things Are About to Change. And I stand by that record. It's solid hardcore front to back. And I highly recommend if you guys haven't checked it out, go boot up your Spotify Apple Music, Bandcamp, wherever, and check that record out. I know uh, there's like this weird thing about Las Vegas. They're like, you know, tucked in this weird part of the country where they're in between California. They're right next to Arizona. And I don't want their scene to be just a stop on the way to these bigger scenes. I think they have a super solid scene. There's so many awesome bands that have come from there and a lot of bands, like awesome bands that aren't around anymore. We talk about Acid Rain on the podcast, who I just absolutely love. And some of those guys are still a part of the scene doing awesome bands. So do your research, go check out some newer bands. Las Vegas Hardcore, super awesome. But it was such a pleasure to be able to talk to 
Scott and Joel about their band, their time in hardcore, because they have moved around a lot. They've seen a lot. They've done a lot of things that I wish I could have seen from back in the day. So it was awesome to be able to talk to them. And I, I respect them for having true love for hardcore and just being down for the scene. So strap in. And I hope you guys enjoy this one because it, it's fascinating to talk to uh, hardcore dudes from Las Vegas. It, it's so awesome. But seriously, strap in, enjoy this conversation. And without further ado, welcome Scott and Joel to the show. live welcome to the podcast scott and joel thanks Hello. for having us dude this is so awesome i'm a huge fan of uh, las vegas hardcore and I, i've been uh, i i got a bunch of friends out there and I, i've been bugging people for the longest time to come on the podcast but just for you know one reason or another uh, i haven't been able to get a band on from las vegas so i'm really stoked that uh, you guys are here and i finally am able to talk to a las vegas hardcore band Sweet. Yeah. Las Vegas hardcore is awesome. Well, it hasn't done anything in the past year, like most uh, hardcore scenes, but the Las Vegas hardcore scene is awesome. We love it. Yeah. I, I always feel like uh, Las Vegas is, uh, kind of, in my opinion, always been kind of underrated because I, I feel like uh, living here in Southern California, it's, uh, it's, it's close enough to drive to, but I feel like uh, it's kind of a mission for people who aren't super familiar. But uh, whenever I could, I would always encourage people to go out there because whenever uh, you know shows were happening, I knew that there's always a good crop of bands from the area and shows would always pop off. Yeah, it's, it's crazy when you have a show that plays in in las vegas and for us like five seven hundred people is huge and then that same show will go to like anaheim and play in like to like 1500 people so our huge show is like you know a quarter of what it ends up being when it when it goes to southern california or whatever that next stop is but we love it it's a small but mighty yeah <laughs> And I always find, I found that, uh, you know, that experience being uh, more fun, just having, uh, you know, even though it, it probably isn't a smaller room, but just having that more intimate uh, show is, is better. Because sometimes you, you go to these shows with like the, the bigger cap rooms, they're fine, but sometimes it's just like too many people and, uh, you know, it's not as fun. But if you go to the same show, but at a smaller space, it, it could be like a way better experience. Yeah. No barricades. You know, you're, everyone's right on top of everybody, smaller stage. So it's just real intimate and. The energy is just, you know, packed into a VFW hall or, or some small place. And it's, it's awesome. Yeah, definitely. The, the terror played at, at the kind of like VFW hall that we normally play at, which is a pretty, pretty small space mm-hmm. and having terror play at like a small show like that. It's, it's, it's sick. Yeah. Awesome band. Okay. I, I want to put a pause on uh, the uh, talk about the scene. Cause uh, I, I want to dive into that and tell you guys about my experiences with uh, the Las Vegas Harker scene, but I'm uh, more curious about uh, you guys and are you uh, Vegas uh, natives? Do you guys grow up there or are you guys transplants? So we're both transplants. Um, I kind of, gr- I guess my introduction to the scene, if you will, was in Reno. Um that was like in the like late nineties. 
Um, Reno had a, a pretty awesome hardcore scene back in the day. Um, so I was introduced there and then I lived in the Bay area for a while and I definitely got, got a, a lot there because, you know, the Bay area, I lived in San Jose. So you could go like 45 minutes to Santa Cruz and there was awesome shows in Santa Cruz. You can go an hour to Berkeley or San Francisco, which are awesome shows there. So those are kind of the scenes that I kind of have been associated with. And they were both rad scenes, especially the Bay area, just cause you know, everyone goes to the Bay area and there were definitely nights where it's like, which show do you want to go to? Because there's multiple to choose from. So yeah. And what about you, Joel? Yeah, I, I grew up in, in Buffalo, New York. So Scott and I had a you know drastically different uh, upbringing in the hardcore scene, uh, being on opposite coasts. So there were bands that I loved that I saw, you know, every month. You know, Turmoil, Dead Guy, all those type of East Coast hardcore bands. Not even counting all the all the great Buffalo bands like Slugfest, Despair, Buried Alive, Snapcase. I mean, I've seen those bands hundreds of times every time I die in like, you know, people's basements. So, so, and he would, and he would be like, Oh man, I never saw turmoil or it took me this long to see Snapcase, And, and I was like, Oh, I saw him like working at the mall last yeah. week, you know, but I missed a lot of, you know, of those West coast bands that I never even was familiar with until I moved out here. Um, but I moved out here about 15 years ago and, and Scott and I have been going to shows together, talking about starting a band never starting a band, finally starting a band and then uh, stopped doing the band <laughs> then started again. And I guess this is our most, uh, the best success we've had with, uh, with uh, Scott and I jamming together. I, I find that interesting that you guys were on opposite sides of the country. And I, I always uh, wondered if it, it was kind of the situation where like, your grass is always greener on, on the other side because I was always envious of my friends who uh, were on the uh, East Coast who got to see a bunch of bands that I wasn't able to see uh, as often. And, you know, it, it was the same way. You know, they felt the same way. And we're always like, okay, cool. Like, I wonder if we traded places, would we still feel the same way, even though, like, you know, we we're able to get what we wanted? Uh, but, but it's cool that you guys were able to, you know, talk about those memories because, man, being, uh, you know, in Buffalo back then, I, I can't even imagine what that was like because, uh, you know, bands like Despair and uh, Slugfest and uh, even seeing every time I die in, in basements, like, you know, people like, you know, would dream about doing that kind of stuff, you know, on like being able to see it regularly. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I think, I think we all got up what, what we got, what we wanted, mm -hmm. you know, from our scenes and didn't really know at the time what it was. I mean, there, we didn't have social media and we didn't have, you know, the internet. So I could sit there and look up bands. It was like, you see a band and you, you, you check it out and you're like, Oh, cool. This band's on tour with earth crisis and I'm going to check them out. Oh, it's, you know, they're from, it's, it's strife or, you know, somebody else. So you just get to learn back then you just learned because bands were on tour with other bands or you went to your local record store and you saw a record and the cover looked cool. And you were like, this is a cool looking record. Let me buy it. What is it? Oh, inside out. Awesome. Like glad I bought this record. It's awesome. But you know, I would have never heard of that band if I didn't just, blindly grab a, a record out of the out of my local record store or have a friend tell me about it so it's it's it it's totally different now i mean kids kids today are kids today mm -hmm. they're spoiled you know it's just like you can look up a band and in seconds have their entire discography and be like oh yeah i know this band i know every word to every song mm -hmm. you know so it's a it's, it's it's a different world but it's awesome that the fact that people can can hear, you know, we get that, you know, that um, year end wraparound and it's like, we had tons of like downloads in like Poland and I'm just like, 
okay, cool. You know, it's my home country, but like they would, how would they have ever heard us ever before if, if we didn't have, you know, Spotify playlists and, and things of that sort. So, so crazy times. And I'm uh, curious, uh, right now, uh, up in NorCal, the Bay, I, I feel like they're like having like this crazy resurgence with like the bands that are currently going on bands like Drain, Tsunami, Gulch. Uh, I'm, I'm curious, are you guys uh, you know, like familiar with those bands? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, super awesome. Like, because the living because I was always uh, such a fan of obviously living down here in Southern California and I'm um, being uh, going to the L.A. scenes and like San Diego, Orange County, always super solid. Uh, and I've never been up to NorCal, which is crazy. I lived in California my whole life. But just uh, seeing those bands right now, uh, getting that shine and just seeing all the awesome bands coming out of there. I, I think it's super awesome. So it's, it's cool to hear that that's where, uh, you know, you were from back in the day, Scott. Yeah, so it's, I mean, it's, it's cool because, you know, all these scenes bring something different, you know, like, again, Buffalo was, was dramatically different than Reno. Reno's a pretty small town and it had a really cool scene, but it wasn't like a lot of ton of a huge bands that came out of there. There's some some definite, like, kind of smaller big bands and stuff like that. So it's it's cool. I mean, that everyone's got their own scene and own take on a scene and it's everyone brings something to different, different to, to the table, which is pretty cool because that's, I think, the cool thing about hardcore is kind of what hardcore is about. Like, everyone brings something cool to the table. Yeah, I, I feel so bad because I, I maybe I'm just out of touch, but I'm, I'm like thinking of Reno right now, and I can't even think of a, a current band that's uh, killing it out there right now. Uh, I can't either. Um, Isn't although, the used from uh, Reno? What's that? Like the used? Aren't they from Reno? Doesn't that count as a band? No, they're from Salt Lake City. Um, Same difference. The only, I, I guess, maybe the only like the biggest like band, if you will, that's like current, but it, although they're not current, but they're kind of like one of those older bands that are redoing stuff, a band called Fall Silent, who was uh, on Revelation during kind of like the later half of their their career, mm-hmm. um, just recorded a new song and they have a new uh, EP set to come out um, on Rev, which is super sick. That band's really, really rad. Um, they were kind of like maybe the biggest band of when I, you know, the band that I were familiar with from that, from that era. But there was a band, uh, December, that got kind of big during the late 90s. It was pretty sick. Um, but Fall Silent, probably like the most notable one. Okay, I yeah, I I, I got to look into Reno because now I'm curious because I was um uh when I, when I got into like you know bands from Reno it was like the the AFB era when all those guys were doing their thing. Yeah, it's it's funny because uh you know like just be, being old and dating myself, but like all the AFB kids were like literally kids when I was like playing in bands and going mm-hmm. to shows. Um, so they were kind of like for me like that second generation of kids that grew up in the scene, just mm-hmm. going to shows and they end up doing you know, doing stuff. I mean, I have tattoos from, from Tony, you know, who's, uh, I don't think he does music anymore. Um, he did make it, uh, his band called make it rain, uh, after he did AFB, which I don't know, had a lot of success, but, um, yeah, there was definitely some cool, some cool bands from, from Reno though. Yeah. I was really into that band, uh, code red. I'm, I'm not sure if you're familiar with them. Mm-mm. It was like some members of AFB. It was like Codex Red. Uh, I don't gotcha. Think, yeah, don't think they had like you know, too long of a like career, they, but they were around for a little bit. Yeah, I think I was like after probably when I when I moved from uh, Reno to the Bay, um, mm. like a lot of those bands started coming into their own. So I kind of like was more into the into the um, kind of like a Bay Area scene at that point. Okay. And I got to commend you guys because it, it's always a, such a pleasure for me to be able to talk to people um, who've been around way longer than me because uh, it, it's awesome to see your guys' love and dedication for hardcore because I feel like I'm that way. Uh, when, when I first got into it, when my sister you know, first uh, gave me a crop of bands to check out, I like fell in love instantly. And I, I've just been in it since like what I'm 
uh, I'll, I don't care about my age. I'm 32 right now, but I, I started listening to hardcore when I was 14. So it's just like, I, I've been here for, 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 you know, like a minute and it's just, the love has never faded. So to see uh, guys like you, I think it's awesome. We, uh, we did a, like a little mini tour in California, which is now probably two years ago. Mm-hmm. And the last show that we played was in, uh, in the LA area. Um, uh, was on top of like a of like a it was like on the roof of like a wedding store in like uh not huntington some somewhere in the outskirts of la mm-hmm. i can't remember but uh I, I made some comment i was making some comment on on stage stage mm-hmm. um about how i'd never been to a show on a hardcore show on a roof before and i said something like I've been going to hardcore shows for 26 years and people were like, holy shit. <laughs> and I was like, I'm not saying that because I'm cooler than you. I'm just saying that I'm old, you know, and, and it, you just see like crazy stuff that, that, I mean, uh, I feel like we're super lucky that we're still accepted into the hardcore scene. And uh, as Scott and I have talked about it before many times, like there's a cutoff to when you're like the cool veteran, veteran scene guy to when you're like, the creepy old guy just lurking in the corner. Like who's this old guy in the back? And I don't know what that cutoff is, but you know, we're closer to it than we are further away from it. But you know, the fact that we can still play shows and meet people that are, you know, half our age or, or, or more and are, are can, we can still relate to them on different levels of, of music and, and, and can understand each other. Whereas if I were to just walk in the mall yeah. and talk to some 17 year old kid, I would be like, I don't, I don't have anything I can, relate to with you but when you when you're dealing with the same you know everyone's in the hardcore scene everyone's got the same love of of hardcore and the same bands it's i think it's a really great way to to i guess stay young because i feel young i don't feel i don't feel old oh i i totally know that i uh say i'm 32 but i definitely don't feel it because uh you know growing up there's always that um i always had that thought like okay cool there's going to be this uh defining moment where i become an adult but then you kind of realize like oh wait no that like you just kind of are uh you know uh you're just you know your age and uh you, you have all these more responsibilities but there's not just some you know grand graduation where you go from a kid to an adult you know you're just kind of making your way through life um but for you guys, uh, you, know, you talk about being that weird old creepy guy and that that cutoff. I, I think the difference for for you guys is that you're actually uh, participating and giving back to the scene by doing a band because there's uh, you know a ton of people who uh, just go to shows and don't really do anything to try to give back. So I think the fact that you guys are doing the band, I, th- I think it's awesome, and that kind of separates you from being that weird old guy that just goes to shows and just kind of stands around. It's like you guys are actually willing to to put in some work and give back because it's it's not easy to do a band because it's, it's a lot of work yeah for sure yeah but also at the same time be that creepy guy that's at the back like don't be afraid to come to a show if you're you know old like i think it's i think it's cool that you know everyone is welcome you know and that's definitely not the point you were trying to make obviously but yeah 100%. i mean it's cool that 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 we're contributing Ho- hopefully some people see it that way but yeah but i also would encourage people like kind of like joel was referring to like just because you're 40 or you're whatever, don't be afraid to come to a hardcore show. Like that's, I think that's dope. Anyone who loves hardcore, that's sick. Yeah. And just to be clear, if you go to a show and you see me, I'll, I'm that weird guy that goes by myself. 
because like I'll go and I, I'm just not super social. Like I'm mean, even though like I, I do a podcast, I, I I talk to people every week. Uh, I'm I'm just like well, when I'm there at the show, I I just want to uh, absorb the the moment and just because I'm really there for the music. I uh, you know obviously I'm a fan of the bands and that's the reason why I'm there. And it's cool to see friends and hang out, mosh whatever. But it's like for me, I just want to go and just like you know just soak it up live. So uh, if you see me at a show, most of them, I'm just standing around by myself. So you could be the creepy, not so old guy. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Why is that creepy uh, young adult just standing up there by himself? <laughs> young adult. <laughs> um, uh, but you, you mentioned that you guys uh, tried the, the band thing a, a couple times, and uh, this time around it, it finally took off. What's the difference, uh, you know, with this go around versus uh, the times before? Uh, so, so Scott and I um, recorded a demo, like a really basic, like four track demo of a couple songs and uh we we burned some cd copies and like gave them out to people at shows and i was like maybe somebody will like hit us up on facebook or something and we kind of just kind of didn't really put effort into the hunt for band members we just kind of jammed a couple times and then you know recorded some songs and kind of called it quits and then i don't know a couple of years later we decided we we're going to try to write some more songs. So we wrote um, the first uh, end of everything demo, just him and I. So I, I played drums and then I sang, he did bass and guitar. A buddy of mine mixed it and we uh, were going to shows, you know, more local type shows, not just the bigger shows and, and, you know, trying to find some of the other hangouts and other cool spots. And um, Scott had was playing in another band and their guitar player also played drums so we were like yo you want to play in this band too and he was like all right cool and so that finding somebody who is somewhere in our age bracket somewhere in our dedication bracket somewhere in our you know they feel the same way that we do bracket kind of was a little tough um and then chris our drummer was like oh i know a dude who plays bass and so uh we were introduced to Artie, our bass player and you know just kind of stuck from there so we we're just kind of yeah. lucky i guess a lot of it too had to do, I think, to be honest, like we had, uh, we had a second guitar player named Octavio, who is a super rad dude. Um, but when we met him, I think he, he kind of knew some more people because, you know, we were kind of like outsiders, if you will, to the scene, you know. Um, so he kind of introduced us some people, some people. Um, so that, that also kind of helped. So I think there's lots of different factors. We kind of gave it more of a go. We kind of met some more people and had some more ins, you know, at that time I played in like three or four hardcore bands in the scene. So I'd met like a lot more people that I'd known when me and Joel first started and we didn't, we knew basically no one other than ourselves. So kind of, we kind of like found our way into the scene. Cause you know, obviously just going to a city, you know, punk and hardcore is usually pretty underground. Um, so kind of finding your way into that. Sometimes you just got to know the right people. And that's think kind of a lot of that as well. Yeah. I feel like we made it that day that we went to that show at Dustin's house and we rolled up and someone's like, hey, the end of everything's here. And we hadn't even played a show or anything yet. Like we just started like, I think we wrote the first demo and recorded it and then got some band members. And there was like people talking that we were a band. And like, I was like, oh shit, like, I guess we made it. Someone recognized us as a being in a band. <laughs> so let's, let, I guess that's, you know, the biggest step. So now let's just start playing some shows. That's awesome that you just rolled up to the gig and people recognized you and you guys hadn't been super active at that point. But you, you mentioned Dustin's house and I, you know, uh, friends with Dustin. Uh, he's a, a, one of the few people that I first met when I started going to shows in Las Vegas. And 
I, I never could believe that he had shows at his house because some of the <laughs> bands that played there uh, it just would blow your mind. Yeah, some of the shows that we went to, I, I was like thinking to myself, I, I would never let these people in my house. <laughs> you know, never in my life would I let these people in my house and let them set up in my living room and play. And I love Dustin. I mean, we've known Dustin for a long time and the dude is is phenomenal. What he did and does for the Las Vegas hardcore scene is is huge. Without without Black Path booking and and Dustin and and Justin and, and all the stuff that they do, like the sh- the scene would be tiny compared to what it is now. Yeah, hundred percent. As long as I've been going to shows there, and just knowing uh, how hard uh, you know Dustin works to put those shows together, and uh, you know everybody over there at Black Path, it's. Uh, it, it's it's crazy, but it's cool that uh, you know that they're willing to to do that. You know, especially when uh, you know things like you know because I, I, I know he he took a break for a while, and then uh, you know he started back up again. And you know that's not always easy. You know, trying to you know see uh, you know who wants to uh, you know try to convince people to come back when uh, you take a break. But for him to be able to uh, to put it back on and start having shows out there like consistently, it, it was something cool to see. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but I'm curious. Do you remember who was playing that show at his house when you guys went? Um, Bruise. It's a band called Bruise. Did Wrist Meat Razor play that show too? No, was it? Ch- I think Chamber played that show. I want to say maybe there was a fir- a couple that we initially went to. Die mm-hmm. Young was one of the first shows we went to, yeah. which was super sick. Awesome. Band. I want to say I want to say Chamber played one of those shows, and they were fucking awesome. Um, yeah, I can't remember any of the other bands that that have played, but there were definitely. That was like kind of like one of the one of a couple of the first world tension shows as yeah. well. I want to say were were there. I don't know if you're mm-hmm. familiar with that the band mm-hmm. from here called World Tension. Yeah, they're pretty thick. Okay, that's crazy. So uh, you go to that show. Uh, you know, people recognize you guys. And uh, did you guys put the demo out, or did you guys go back and record more songs? Yes, yeah, so we put that demo out. Um, four. We did four songs. We put that out, and we we just Scott and I just burned a bunch of CDs and tape dub some tapes and you know put it up on Bandcamp, and i don't know how many we we just gave them out because mm-hmm. we recorded for free so we were like cool let's just get our music out there i think we handed out like i don't know 500 cds um and we just wanted people to hear us and um because you know because of growing up in buffalo and i i knew a lot of people and i i toured previously with with some bands and um we ended up i ended up talking to the guy from safe inside records out by you mm-hmm. and um there's a band that was originally from buffalo called clear focus that was on tour with a band from california called dying for it and uh we knew they were going on tour and they were playing in vegas so like i, I just was like messaging them like yo can we get on this show we're a brand new band and um so we ended up getting on that show and it was in this tiny little i don't want to say dump because i don't want to disrespect the the garth house because it was cool it was a so, warehouse by located by the dump it was right next to the city dump and it was this tiny little room that if there were 75 people there, it was jam packed and um, no air conditioning. So we played in the middle of June and it was like, I think I remember looking at the thermostat. It was like 97 degrees inside the hot, inside the room when we played and uh, it was our first show. And like people were like dancing and singing along. And I was like, this is awesome. Like I've been playing in bands for, you know, 20 plus years and like this is like that's like the greatest feeling is somebody singing along or, or dancing to your band and you know I, I feel like at that point i just was like let's keep let's keep moving ahead and um 
Scott, as you can see in the background, just kept buying more guitars and more amps and more recording equipment. And, uh, you know, Chris, our drummer also has a studio. So they're buying microphones and preamps and all this other stuff. And we just kept kind of going from there. And then we recorded our second uh, two songs. And then the first demo and the second demo got released uh, by War Against Records as This Means War, um, all those songs together. And we just kind of kept rolling from there, I guess. And when you were playing those um, early shows with the the two demos before they got put uh, out together, uh, what was that like 2019 time? Yeah. Yeah. We started playing in 2018. Um, and uh, we recorded that first demo. Then we recorded the second demo in 20 beginning of 2019 and then released them combined at the end. Does that sound right? End of 2019. Well, there was the or first demo we put out like eight years ago, but I mean, if we're, well, not, counting the, we're not counting that one. Uh, no, it, it actually came out at the very beginning of 2020. Yeah. So the, the combined This Means War EP, digital EP on War Against Records in January of 2020 was when that got released. Yeah, okay. And did you guys uh, have any plans um, before deciding to put the two demos together and uh, put that out? Did you guys have any plans to like record new stuff before you guys decided to put out that uh, This Means War? Scott yeah, always is writing songs. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I'll let him, t I'll let him talk about that. No. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I, I'm always, I have a ton of songs and um, yeah, I'm always wanting to just do more and record and write songs and play shows and whatever. So yeah, we, we had stuff and we were just, you know, at that point we were just kind of trying to decide, are we going to put something out? Are we going to get something to put someone to put something out for us? Joel spent a lot of time just messaging labels and, and, and just chatting with people. And we're just trying to put it out there and get like feel around and see, you know, who, who wanted to put something out and that was kind of the thing you know we had we kind of had songs um so we were just kind of waiting to see if again if we were going to do it ourselves we had we had thought about that and we were pretty close probably mm -hmm. when we ended up um uh when ryan kind of hit us up and we ended up kind of going that route but yeah that was kind of always the route is just what, what how can we get music out there how can we put something out there and i'm curious uh, uh, you're talking about you always um, writing songs uh where do you take your inspiration from? Because I love the music. You know, I, I've really talked about that. But uh, when I um, found out about you guys, uh, listened to uh, you know both records, and I, I think the the music. I, and I was definitely surprised because um, obviously I have like I mentioned earlier, I have friends in Las Vegas, but I wasn't aware of you guys before. And when I listened to the music, I was like, damn, how did like you guys just fly under my radar? So I was like super surprised. Um. You know, I don't know that I draw. I just kind of sit down, man. I just sit down and I just noodle around until until I, I dig something. And, you know, I've really, you know, I've kind of played instruments my a good majority of my life, but like, and even now really, I still kind of tinker. I've never really like put forth a lot of effort. Um, and I just, uh, just kind of put more, I just started putting forth a lot more effort and I started writing a lot more and playing guitar a lot more. You know, I, I didn't really start playing guitar heavily for until the last couple of years. I've been playing drums in several bands in Vegas and then I played bass. And so, you know, I hadn't really written. So I just, I just really kind of sat down and once Joel kind of showed more interest and people showed interest, it just kind of urged me to kind of like, okay, cool. People want to do it. Let me sit down and write a bunch of songs. So, um, yeah, I just, uh, wrote a bunch of songs kind of skipping forward. I mean, I, I spent quarantine just writing songs, dude, like, mm -hmm. like, yeah. like I have like, I don't know, 30 songs written that are just, you know, and they're not even all for the end of everything. You know, me and Joel 
have uh, a secret side project uh, that may or out. may not be affiliated with a hate edge band may or may not. We can't really um, say. I'm curious. So we have, we have like that. Um, I have like this death metal thing I've been doing just for fun. I wrote like an emo EP during quarantine. I just, I literally just wrote during quarantine, man. I just, I just really enjoy coming to my studio and just playing things. And, and, um, and so, yeah, just really kind of music just kind of just took me wherever I wanted to go, man. Well, I, I think it's awesome that you were productive with your time during quarantine because obviously uh, everybody kind of went or you know, we're still going through it. But, uh, you know, 2020, um, everybody just kind of went through it differently. So I'm, I'm happy to hear that you were you know, productive with your time and you didn't just kind of sit around. Yeah, we definitely were, were active. You know, we, we recorded, you know, we recorded our our record during quarantine. Um, you know, we, we did lots of stuff. We You know, we tried to do like. Um, just the stuff to keep us busy, you know. I mean, everyone wanted to do stuff. We had oh, so much time, so um, it was just cool to be able to. It was cool, honestly, to have be able to have that time. You know, like being an adult, it's hard to like sometimes when you have family and work and all these things. It's hard to like squeeze in time to to jam. But when you have two and a half months, it's pretty sick. And I'm curious, uh, you guys put out the "This Means War" in January. Did you guys have plans to be more active is like, you know, playing more out of town shows, more local stuff for 2020 before the pandemic hit? That was the plan. <laughs> we, uh, we, we, like I said before, we did a little mini tour of, of California. We did like five or six shows up and down Northern, Northern California, Southern California. Mm-hmm. We have some friends um, that live in Northern California. So we got a show in San Francisco. We played in Sacramento, Cupertino. We played in, um, Escondido we played in in um LA area so we we just had some friends so we just kind of were like hey let's play some shows um so we just kind of got lucky with that and we got a you know I think we had a pretty good response all the shows were pretty solid um so we're like sweet let's play those cities again and then maybe add a couple more and kind of go from there and unfortunately we just couldn't do any of those things so we just kind of thought okay like let's let's take our time and and write this record and record it and take our sweet sweet time which is a good and bad thing because of scott having the the studio in his house Mm -hmm. you know you don't there's no like sense of urgency it's just kind of like yeah let's do some drums today Ah, i don't want to do drums today okay cool let's do a little bit of guitars all right let's go get something to eat instead you know when you're in a studio and you're paying for you know every hour rates you you really have that sense of urgency to really get this stuff done so something that we could have probably hammered out in like two days took us like two months to, to finally sit down and record these these four new songs. But it must have been nice to be able to kind of go on your guys' own schedule and not have to spend all that money to record. Because I, I think it's nice that you're able to be uh, like a little more uh, self-sufficient and uh, record your stuff. Yeah, for sure. I, uh, I know that when we were doing vocals, I would like, you, you know, you can when you're screaming, like you can push it. Mm-hmm. Or you can really push it. And I was like, I'm going to really push it for these songs. And like, we did, we did like one song or two songs. And then I came back and fixed a couple of parts. And then I did another part and um, I screamed so hard. One time I almost passed out. Like, like I, I blacked out. Like I was screaming for like so long, like the longest scream on the record, which is um, makeshift tourniquet. And like, at the end, I was like, I was like, did one of those moves. <laughs> and so I was like, you okay? I was like, yeah, that was crazy. But like, we, we got to like do that if and if you're if you're dealing with a studio where you're paying per hour or you're traveling to record or whatever you're you, you know it's like okay you got to do these four songs right now and so I probably couldn't have have 
really pushed my vocals to where I wanted to. And Scott, like we, we, we demoed the songs and then we went back and re-recorded them. We, you know, we, we went through and we picked apart like every tempo of every part and, you know, should I palm mute this part or should I play it open? And we kind of really got to tinker, which I mean, that's the whole point of, of pre-production. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're a, when you're a real band, you know, when you're a big band, you get to do all that stuff and record them and, and listen to them and, and pick it apart and, you know, be like, Oh, I should scream this part shorter. And then this part longer. And this part, you do a little guitar thing and cool. So we were able to do that and, and really take our time to, to make sure we got the best product out there to everybody. And you guys had a release at the, the beginning of the year and one at the end of the year. Uh, was that uh, always the target date? Cause, cause I'm always fascinated um, with the, the year 2020 and the way bands uh, were operating. Cause I, I started the year where I was like, Oh, maybe band should just hold off and not do releases. Cause uh, you know, once they give us the release, yeah, we can support by buying merch, but it kind of ends there. Uh, you know, there's no shows and no tours. So we can't really do anything. So I was, uh, like against bands releasing stuff during the pandemic but then towards the end of it i was like no uh who knows when this is ending life's too short put it out like open the floodgates i want every band to put out new music um this is still like awesome because to to put our scene on pause because this has never happened before uh, this is probably the longest uh you know we've all gone without going to shows so to to cut out that big aspect uh of our scene and just kind of leave us with uh having to kind of find ways to be creative and stay relevant i i found it interesting and cool to see that bands uh were able to do that and, and you know there's a ton of hardworking people behind the scene doing live streams or putting together zines or doing other podcasts just to keep everybody in tune and to try to keep it together uh but for you guys you guys had that late december release uh did you guys think it was uh you know important to do that before the year was up was there ever any chance to just do it early 2021 well, you know, we right kind of right, right before the shutdown, I think we played a show in was it San Diego area with um with Pressure Cracks, who um Ryan from the la- who owns the label, mm-hmm. um his band or one of his bands. Um so we kind of we were kind of starting to like feel out that relationship, you know, whatever. Um and then, you know, he hit us up kind of during I think during quarantine and was, you know, asking us, you know, do you want to put out a full length? Do you want to put out a a seven inch and i was like full length and joel's like seven inch um <laughs> which i think seven inch was was you know definitely it's still a cool way to go but yeah we we're just kind of just trying to fill it out and then you know kind of going also at, at ryan's pace what, what was comfortable for him you know i think he, he put out like a, quite a few things last year so um uh so we were kind of going kind of at his pace too you know what i mean um so i think part of it was you know, we, we had wanted to, we want to release music and then part of it's, you know, working with the label and putting things out when they want them and how they want them and, and stuff like that. Okay. And yeah, damn. Yeah. But I'm, I'm happy you guys did because it, it was, uh, you know, obviously I, because people kind of tend to shy away from releasing stuff at the end of the year because people are like, you know, I, I like talk to people and even more recently people are like, yeah, like we don't want to do anything at the end of the year because end of the year list and people forget because, you know, the new year and the holidays and blah, blah, blah. But I don't mind it. So I, I think it was fine and cool that you guys did that because it was um, a, a good follow up. Uh, but I'm curious about a couple things. The the uh, cover art. Did you guys or do you guys know who took that photo or where that's from? Because I, I find that pretty interesting. So I have a um, app on my phone where I can come up with just like it's kind of like a, fo- a Photoshop on my phone. 
Mm-hmm. And I, uh, every like week or so, I would send the group text like three or four different cover ideas of, of, you know, anything and everything that I thought of in my head or that Scott or Chris or Artie had suggested. And um, we were just kind of tooling around and I, I saw this photo and I was like, this is really cool. And I ended up finding out um, that it's from like a yachting website and it's talking about people falling off of boats and drowning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so um, I work for a, for a marketing firm. So um, I'm really good friends with the, the director of, of creative services. So he's like, oh, I can find it. I can find you the original image and buy it for you and, and help you out with the layout and everything. And I was like, cool. So I basically, that layout I kind of designed, mm-hmm. but like, you know, really low res. And so I just, we just sent everything to to Kyle the, that I work with, and he was like, "Cool, do something cool with this." And um, you know, we've been we, we've we've been talking about records and and making vinyl and what kind of variants we want and what colors we want and trying to keep a a a, a theme going. And so we 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 got the samples and we got the idea of the cover, and then we started talking about like vinyl variants and. Um, taking lines from songs and using vinyl colors that reflect the lyrics of the song. And, and I'm really stoked on how they came out. I mean, I think it's, it's a lot of times, like, at least in my mind, when bands put out records, it's like, cool, this is available in what color, pink, blue, green, orange, you know, whatever, which is great. I love, I love collecting vinyl and I like to get like the rarer, you know, the rarest, you know, limited amount of, of vinyl that I can get. So, but I wanted to like, think of a reason like why is this color why is this vinyl variant this color and what what works with this and what works with the samples and the samples work with the music so it's kind of like a all-inclusive kind of um everything kind of connects you know lyrically musically artistically so it's like a full package for for people to kind of digest I definitely appreciate that attention to detail. Uh, and I think it's cool that you, know, you went and, uh, you know, got that image and got the licensing for it because you could easily just, you know, used it. Uh, Cause that's what, you know, a lot of hardcore kids do, which is fine, whatever, uh, uh, you know, figure it out. But, um, but, but I, I think it's awesome. And, uh, I, I think that's cool that you guys went with, uh, you know, those variants and, you know, tying them to, to songs. Um, I'm curious how you decided on those colors. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I have a, I had, I'd, so the, what, what, what made me think of this is something that from like years and years ago. So as I said, I grew up in Buffalo and mm. you know, the biggest, one of the biggest bands ever is Snapcase from there. And when they put out their first seven inch on victory records, it came out on different color variants, obviously. And each variant was called something that wasn't just the color. Like it, I, I have that record on cheesecake. Mm. Then it came out on nosebleed. And so like the colors, it didn't just say red, it said nosebleed. So I, this kind of always stuck with me that when you see a record, it's like available on, you know, pink and gray splatter, you know, uh, half black, half green. And it's like, but it doesn't, there's no real, maybe there is a connection, but it's not as, as noticeable, at least to me mm. that I wanted it to be that way. And so I, I picked a couple of song lyrics that had imagery to it and i kind of brought it to the band and i was like okay so the one song i say i'm bleeding out like blood splatter record and then i was like uh there's another line where i'm I'm drowning in the sea you know ocean water and the cover and that and then i brought up another one that was 
an orange color. And Scott was like, no, I hate the color orange. It's the worst color ever. Can't do orange. I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> yeah. He's hating that shirt. Just kidding. Um, so I was like, okay, cool. That's cool. Like whatever your reasoning is, you don't got to explain to me why you don't like the color orange. Cool. You know, we already got two designs or two ideas. So uh, we brought those up to Ryan and he was like, cool, this is awesome. Like I really dig this year. Like, like you said, the attention to detail. And we even had a couple of different uh, like names of the record that we were kind of tossing around, you know, like uh, I'm a big fan of records being named something that's part of the song, but not a title of the song. Oh, okay. And so we had like, I don't know, four or five different uh, ideas for, for titles. And I was just like, texting with ryan and he's like oh that's cool if we put it out at the end of this year like things are about to change would be like a really good name because you know we have a big election coming up hopefully in the next couple of months or whatever we'll have you know virus the virus will be down and people will get vaccinated we can actually start doing stuff again like so many things are about to change in our world come 2021 that this is really i think a really good name for a record and i was like cool that's awesome like i didn't think that deeply into it but mm -hmm. You know, it just kind of all all the pieces kind of fit together, and that's what we got. Yeah, the title's uh, super relevant. That's uh, that's awesome. Okay, uh, so uh, just going back to um, asking about the vinyl, uh, no black vinyl. Is that something that we could maybe see in the future, or are you guys just going to keep it just the two colorways for that and move on? I don't. Know. I would yeah, I would say probably not black vinyl. I mean. Um, but who knows? I mean, if it's sold out and, you know, maybe down the road, you know, we could do a repress, but I mean, black's so boring, you know, I don't know. We just were excited about like all the options, especially like when you look at, you know, like these catalogs from like the pressing clan, you're like, Oh man, there's all these dope colors and swirls and splatters and, you know, fades and all this. There's also always so many cool options. We, uh, we kind of just went, went, went the route and just kind of spent a little bit extra money and just did some really cool, really cool colors okay and then the merch you guys did a blue long sleeve and a camo tee but no no red no love for the bleeding no merch <laughs> man that's a good we should that's you know joel mentioned that we you know me and joel specifically not to single out the other guys not participating but like mm -hmm. we're just such like nitpicky dudes we like every little like oh the font of this the spacing of this what's on the center of the record that what format should be in like literally every little thing we like nitpicked and we wanted to be perfect um so for, for the merch you know i've wanted to do a camo shirt for like ever mm. like i'm like ridiculous when it comes to camo i like have i have a camo guitar like i have like camo everything um so i want to do a camo shirt forever um and joel was down um being a hardcore kid you almost kind of have to like camo um, and we, we just kind of want to do some, some different stuff, you know, like, um, some really unique things. Um, so, you know, Joel, the, the, the camo thing was kind of my idea worked out really cool. Joel was really in charge of the, the blue long sleeve. So we just kind of really wanted to do merch. It was like different, you know, it's not just like your black shirt with, you know, a logo on it or, you know, and we've done a black shirt with a logo on it. We've done you know, the typical black shirt with logo hardcore action scene with the lyrics in the bottom we've done that and that's that's classic you, you know you kind of can't go wrong but we definitely want to try and really kind of push the envelope and do some really cool unique things um you know being in hardcore for so long i think one of the things that we try to do you know whether, whether it be musically or the naming the the you know the the colors of the vinyl after lyrics or the merch just really kind of take everything to like 
just this, this next level and just do something, just, just do something really cool and tie everything in and, um, and not just, you know, it's kind of like, Oh, cool. We like this picture. Cool. We're going to put it on a t-shirt. We really thought about everything, you know, and discussed, you know, so many different options and pictures and designs and fonts and, and everything. So we really want to make sure that we put really a cohesive package together that looked really cool. Um, and hopefully that's, that's what kind of came out. I think it's smart because it obviously represents uh, you guys because, you know, you, um, that's your guys' band. I, I used to work for this merch company and there were so many times where, you know, bands would come in to you know check out their latest line and they uh, just have like a team of people who would uh, approve the merch. The band wouldn't even look at it until it was already, you know, printed and ready to ship. And I always thought that was weird. So I was like, okay, if I was in a band, I would want to know like what kind of merch like we were having. So for just to see these bands, and granted they were like a uh, you know um like more like warped tour style bands. So uh, I I just felt like they didn't really care just because they you know whatever were selling merch like crazy. Uh, but I always just find it so weird that they would just walk in and that's the first time that they would see like you know what their you know new merch looked like. It, it was always a, a weird thing to me because for for me I I always think it's fun to be able to you know design something and then see it you know go from like the very beginning to you know you talking to the artist or you designing it yourself and then seeing it you know finally you know the final product it being on like you know a hoodie or a t-shirt or whatever so i i think it's cool that you guys um go the whole process and not just kind of you know write it off or leave it to somebody else yeah we're we're, we're much too controlling at least i am to, to be honest like i i want like complete control of everything i want everything how i want it um which can be bad i guess it's sometimes but you know I, I want that ownership i want i want to oversee everything i mean it's ultimately like kind of like our child, you know, so mm -hmm. it should be, it should be, it should be uh, a representation of everything we want. I think that's totally fair because you know, you, you guys are the ones writing the music and like I said, it, it represents you guys. So if you're not a hundred percent happy with it or, you know, feel proud to, you know, sell it to people like, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't want to do it. So I, I, I completely understand. But going forward, you guys uh, filmed a music video. What was that? Uh, uh, during quarantine, was that was that hard for you guys to do that? And I and I appreciate that. I always talk about it on here how I love when bands do music videos. So for you guys to you know take that extra step because uh, if if you look at the the, the landscape of bands and uh, every, every, everybody coming out and I get it, um, it, it's way easier just to you know go and click and upload and then kind of just leave it at that. But to just go that extra step, I I, I think it's awesome that you guys do that because not a lot of people are going out there and wanting to film music videos. Yeah, our video was uh, was awesome. <laughs> we uh we had these all these ideas for music videos like like scott was saying we talk about this stuff like all the time mm -hmm. and uh we had a couple different ideas for videos and concepts and of course during quarantine we're just like well we can't even do these stuff we can't even sit in a room together you know all of us together so we um we 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 uh we probably did it the most like half-assed budget jank way of recording a music video you could think of. Um, we did it in Scott's garage mm -hmm. and we hung up bed sheets in the corners of the room. So you couldn't tell it was like a, a window and a wall and whatever else. Mm -hmm. And we have lights. So we had some lights going and uh, I have a projector. So we projected some stuff on us and then we had like a, just a little like handy cam, like camera that you could buy at target. And we just stuck it on top of his table saw and we just kind of moved the table saw around the room as we were playing to the song. And uh, the, the footage itself came out pretty good, surprisingly. Like, we were like, this is not bad. And um, 
we, we got hooked up with a, with a video editor and he, we were telling him about this video and he's like, Jesus, I can't wait to see these, this footage. Like this just sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. So when he finally got it, he's like, well, this is actually really good. Like I have a lot of ideas like with the, with the water and, and with some destruction. And that was kind of always like our theme, like uh, musically and lyrically and, and overall the name of the band, it's all kind of a darker view. And so he was like, yeah, cool. I got a bunch of ideas. Like, I'm going to do something really rad. And we're like, all right, cool. And like three days later, he's like, it's done. Here you go. And we're just like, this is awesome. You know, like, this is great. Like, how did this come out from like, you know, us rolling around a table saw in a room, each individually playing separately so that we could all be safe distance from each other and uh, just came out, I think, awesome for for what we wanted. And and we're super stoked on it. We're super stoked on everything that that we've worked with 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 Ryan and and everything. Like it, we're super happy, and and we think everything is going swimmingly. Hopefully, we can uh, start playing some shows. And and like you had mentioned before, like releasing a record in at the end of the year, that was kind of our fear. Like uh, we're in the middle of a pandemic and Christmas and New Year's and Thanksgiving, and you know people are out of jobs and you know and the same thing with like best of 2020 list and like do we wait a little bit and we're just like no nah, let's just get it out like let's get it out and just you know have fun with it and so we're we're hopefully be able to you know play some shows soon do some some touring play some out of town shows and have some merch to sell have some you know new songs to play and and hopefully we'll get some uh people stoked to uh check us out yeah, well, I commend you guys for doing the music video because uh, obviously I, I feel like uh, it, it's just like open. You know, it's just a blank canvas and you do whatever you want. Like not everything has to be super high production or, you know, crazy effects. It could just be something super simple like you guys did. And just just to be able to be like, hey, we have a music video, which is uh, more different when it comes to you know the genre of hardcore. There's not that many bands doing music videos, like I said before. So just the fact that you guys did that, I think is super awesome. Yeah, it was, it was, it was really fun. You know, it was definitely a little scaled back from kind of like what we had wanted to do. You know, we, there's kind of a theme to the song. We, and I had a lot of ideas that we wanted to do, but you know, just timeline wise. And, you know, again, with COVID going on, it was just kind of like harder to do exactly what we wanted to do. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and obviously, you know, budget wise, you know, you can't, you know, pay actors to like do things and just whatever. Right. Um, But I'm definitely really happy with what we did, you know, like, we just took the best of what we had, you know, like I said, my wife has like this pink 4k camera. So we tried to get the, the best camera we could with what we had. And like I said, yeah, we put it on the table saw and we spent, we spent a lot of time, you know, we definitely didn't just kind of go out there and just kind of willy nilly do it. I mean, we, you know, we shot everyone from like six angles, you know, like we tried to think really critically about what were the coolest shots. And, and I had a lot of ideas on like angles and, and what I wanted to see visually. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we definitely thought a lot about it and tried to make something really cool. Um, I think we did it in a pretty kind of budget way, but I think when you look at it, I don't think it feels budget, but um, I think it's kind of cool that it doesn't feel budget. And it's kind of cool that, you know, being in the hardcore scene, it's kind of like a DIY scene. Um, at least, I guess, depending on what kind of, what part of the hardcore scene you come from, but I, you know, I definitely, you know, been into really kind of DIY scenes and punk scenes or whatever. So it's cool to kind of do it yourself and, you know, just, um, you know, just be artistic. You know, we're, we're definitely not visual artists by any means, but I think we're pretty happy seeing as how we're not visual artists. So like with what, what the outcome of it was, I think it was, it was really cool. 
I can't remember what year it was, but uh, uh, Cruel Hand shot a whole music video on an iPhone, and I, I thought that was the coolest thing because uh, you know cameras these days uh, on your phones uh, are pretty good. Uh, you know, some can capture you know 8K or even 4K, 60 frames per second. So, uh, like I said, I'm I'm just happy that you guys. Uh, made it work and were willing to put in that effort and you know you guys weren't just okay with just putting the record out and you know having people enjoy it you guys wanted to give us some visuals which i i seriously i i spend so much time on youtube watching music videos so whenever i, I can you know look up a hardcore band and be able to watch music because like you know obviously there's live sets and stuff that's cool too but i, I think it's way more fun when uh, you kind of get to kind of peek at your guys's artistic you know uh, vision yeah that's cool thanks man yeah and then we we were also small side note we were just really cognizant of not making it look like a quarantine video because mm -hmm. you know as you know lots of bands have done quarantine videos like like acacia strain probably has done the, the most rad one like recently like dudes only on the, on the toilet playing riffs and like it's it's really good it's probably the best one but we didn't want it to make like make it look like obviously we're all in four different spots obviously it's a quarantine video so we, we try to do it um to not be like visually obvious like that we were just making a quarantine video and no thoughts to maybe going down to the strip to film because it seems pretty wild down there. Um, no, no. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it would. It, looking back, like it would have been cool. Like when the first when the shutdown first happened, like you probably well, you have friends in Vegas. You probably seen like people who were like go riding a bike down the strip and it's just like totally desolate, mm -hmm. like barren wasteland. Like that's super sick. Like. I love that whole vibe. That's honestly kind of visually kind of like the vibe we put out with our very first um, demo and like a lot of stuff we've done has been like kind of like old, destructed, empty buildings and stuff like that. Um, it would have been cool. And in the future, maybe for a, a next video, we, we have this spot picked out, which is super sick, mm -hmm. um, a little bit outside of Vegas. But uh, yeah, in retrospect, yeah, it would have been dope. Like, like on the strip, no cars, like, you know, kind of like just set up your set up a drum game. set right in the middle of Las Vegas Boulevard. Just play. Yeah. Tight. Yeah. yeah Cause nobody would have stopped you guys. No. Yeah. It would have been tight. That's wild. Okay. Well, uh, how have, uh, the, or I'm sorry. Yeah. The, the reception of the record, you know, it, it's been a couple months and I, I'm just curious, uh, from your guys' perspective, cause I, I know I've seen it at a different couple outlets and, uh, I know uh, I got friends out there who really dig the record, but from your guys' perspective, um, how do you think it's been received? I think pretty well. Uh, uh, no one told us that we suck, so I guess that's a good thing. <laughs> we uh, Scott and I have a friend who who jammed with us like once or twice mm -hmm. who was in the Air Force, and he ended up getting moved around a couple of times. He was in Vegas, and then he moved to like South Dakota, and then like, new mexico or somewhere else and him and i talk a little bit here and there like message each other and he just like sends me a message the other day like this is awesome and i was like what's awesome he's like the seven inch and i was like what seven inch <laughs> and he like sent me a picture of the record and i was like oh sweet like i'm glad you dig it so like yeah we have people that um who like it my uh i have a daughter she's uh about to be seven she doesn't like it she says I sound like a dinosaur so and uh, oh. she's, she's not interested. We don't sound like, you know, B BTS or uh, whoever else is Blackpink. She's really into Blackpink and BTS. So oh. she's not interested in it. So she's told me that it sucks, but uh, everybody else seems to be interested in it. Uh, people like it. People are say it's cool. People 
are buying it. So that's a good thing. So the, the main thing that we always wanted to do when we were playing music is just get as many people to hear us as possible. Mm-hmm. We're not trying to make money. We're not trying to be rock stars. We're not, you know, we just want as many people to hear us as possible. If that means giving out, you know, 500 burned copies of a CD, then cool. That's what it means. So we're hoping that, you know, people, the people that have heard it like it. And um, we hope that some people continue to check it out. When we play some more shows, people will, you know, more people will buy it and, you know, go kind of go from there. I, I think it's um, super cool that you guys were willing to burn those CDs and go and hand them out. Because if, if you think about the uh, day and age that we're now, that seems a little backwards because it's like, okay, uh, you know, for me, outside of my car, I don't have anything that can play a, a disc. Like my computer doesn't have a disc drive. My PS5 doesn't have a disc drive. So outside of my car, like I'm screwed. But for you guys to want to put out that effort and go and just kind of hit the ground running. And, you know, obviously uh, the music's online, but you want to go and get in front of people's faces and be like here, you know, so people can uh, you know have a face to the music. I think that's super awesome. And I think it definitely is like a, a cool strategy, like I said, in this day and age where that's not normal. So I think you guys definitely stood out in that moment to people. Yeah, we, I think we hope that we what we do stands out a little bit. Um, you know, whatever we can do to to kind of help us out, you know, um, we, we've been in the scene for a long time in our respective scenes. We've been in bands for a long time. So we kind of know what works, what doesn't work. Um, and, it, you know, just being trying to be friendly and, and talking to people is going to go a long way because if someone says, oh, check out this band, they're okay. You know, you'd be like, whatever. Mm-hmm. But if someone's like, check out this band, these are really cool. And you're like, okay, cool. I'll definitely check it out then. I'll, and I'll give it a, a, a better chance because I met them or you've met them or, you know, they, they said something cool to us and gave us a high five at a show and then gave us a CD. So, you know, w- whether it's a, it's a, you know, a 15 year old kid at their first show who just got a free CD or some, you know, fellow 40 year old who's there just to listen to some bands, like whatever we can do to, to kind of, bridge that gap and, and bring everybody together and, and just hopefully have people check us out is, is always been our goal. hundred percent. I was walking out of a show a, a couple years ago and I don't want to name the guy. Uh, I'll t- tell you guys off air, um, but I'll, I was leaving the show and uh, there was like, this prominent dude in the hardcore scene, just uh, standing at the exit of the venue, just handing out uh, show flyers. And I, I was like thinking about it. I'm like, wow, uh, he's in like all these like bigger bands, uh, successful, uh, and he's not too good to do this. And I went over and talked to him because uh, he uh, is in this band that hadn't played in a while. So I went to go ask him because, you know, he's right there. He's the singer. So I'm like, all right, he'll give me the real answer. So I, I went and asked him about it. And uh, he, he put me on to a newer project. And I was like, OK, this is awesome. But this is I, I thought it was so cool that uh, he was there just still putting in work, even though he could have easily just put out a tweet that would have been seen by thousands of people. Nope. He showed up to the show, waited and just boom, was just handing out flyers to, to everybody. And I was like, I'm like that. And that stuck out to me, obviously, because I'm here talking about it years later. So it's like, yeah, I, I think um, even though we're uh, got social media, we can uh, send things out like way faster. I, I still think it's um, important to kind of go out and do uh, stuff like that, because like I said, it, it stands out. Yeah, there's. There's this thing that happened to me um, being a younger younger kid in the scene, mm-hmm. very similar to what you what you talked about, and it's one of my favorite stories. I'll, I'm going to tell it to you because um, I think it's just a rad it's a rad story. It's a rad testament of what hardcore is about. So um, <clears throat> when I lived in Reno, um, the first 
my first real band I was in was this really bad hardcore band. Um, and, um, I worked at the mall and this, uh, the bass player of seven seconds used to come into my store and shop like pretty regularly. So he'd come in him and his wife and his couple kids and they'd kind of tool around and I'd say, say what's up to him or whatever. And he was just a nice guy. And, um, you know, they happened to be in, uh, he, him and his family came into my store one time. Um, we had this little section where we had like flyers and stuff. And I was like, Oh, cool. I saw you guys are playing at Delmar station, you know, which is this, this venue down the road. Um, I was like, but it doesn't, it doesn't, who, who's opening up for you? Like it doesn't have any, it doesn't have any like, you know, other information it just says seven seconds. And, um, and just, just having a fun conversation. And he was like, Oh yeah. I was like, he's like, I'm not really sure. I, you know, the, the promoter hasn't really said blah, blah, blah. And I was completely joking around with him. I wasn't asking for anything. I was like, Oh yeah, if you need some abandon, you know, to open up, we'll open up for you. Just, just literally joking around because he was a cool dude who we would, he would just come in and bullshit with me while his wife was looking around. And, um, he's like, Oh, you're in a band. And I was like, yeah, yeah, blah, blah. He's like, Oh, that's really cool. Blah, blah. And, um, you know, nothing really else came of it. And then like the next day he calls me at work and says, oh, hey, I got you on that show. And like literally put us on a seven second show. And like, he'd never heard of us. He he just knew me just because I just helped him at my store. Yeah. Like that shit's fucking dope. And that's like, that's what hardcore is really about is like people that do stuff like that. And they're into the scene and like just introducing people to new music and, and, and being cool. Like he didn't have to do that. Obviously he didn't have to do that. Yeah. You know, like he's in the band. He's not in charge of booking, but he took the time out of his day to contact the booker to tell them, oh, hey, I'd like you to put this band on the show and then call and then, you know, look up the phone number to my store, call me and like, that's dope, man. That's like the coolest thing in hardcore that I can think of, you know, someone who took that time in like a big band, like seven seconds isn't like just, you know, Joe Schmo, yeah. it's seven seconds. So I think this is, that's just a testament to like, like the heart of hardcore. It's so sick. Yeah, no, that, that's a great story just for him to to be like, all right, cool. Like, I want to, uh, you know, even though maybe uh, you were just saying it in jest, but he's like, no, I'm I'm going to that guy's a cool guy. I've talked to him plenty of times. Like, let's just see what happens. Let's put him on and just, you know, not wanting anything from you. Just wanted to give you that opportunity. I, yeah, that, that's fucking so cool. Yeah, it was, it was super sick. <laughs> so I'm a huge fan of Las Vegas hardcore. I uh, and my friends out there don't even know, but I, I always credit them. Because uh, I, I grew up in the Palm Springs area and we like, kind of had like an active hardcore scene, but it wasn't like anything too crazy. So uh, me and my friends, we would have to travel out to like the Inland Empire, uh, to Orange County, to L.A., San Diego, just to get to some real shows. And it wasn't until we got um, introduced to uh, some guys in Las Vegas. We uh, you know, met Dustin for the first time, Aaron, Eddie and Albert. Th those were like the first people that, that we met. And like we just hit it off right away and like i remember we, we met at a show uh in rialto and uh, uh we like out here uh, i was friends with these guys in this band called every man for himself and they rolled out with the dudes in winch mob because winch mob was on a tour with every man for himself so so we all met at that show became friends and they invited us out to las vegas or hey like if you guys never been to like las vegas like show like come check it out like we'll put you up for the night like whatever like let's just hang out like you guys are all awesome so um, it was the first time that we had like a solid group of friends like outside of our hometown. So to be able to travel and to to go, you know, from uh, you know Palm Springs to Vegas, that's like three and a half, four hours. So for us to to travel that far and have like a solid group of friends and still be able to go to hardcore shows, I, I thought it was like something special. 
and being able to see some of the shows that I, I you know went to there, like I, I was able to go to um, uh, Leathernecks like, like a bunch of times. Dustin booked like a bunch of shows there. He used to do this thing called like Tons of Fun Fest, and like dude, he had crazy bands come out. Um, I, he had like Will to Live from Texas. It was like you know the first time I ever saw Folsom was at a ton, Tons of Fun Fest. Um, and then I, I was lucky enough to, to go to the Hammer House one time, which I thought was like super crazy because I you know I'd hear so many wild stories about it. Uh, so th- that was fun. And then just throughout the year, just going to Las Vegas, um, we, we'd hit random venues like there's like random coffee shops. We uh, I've been to Eastside Joe's a couple of times. Uh, I'm sure you guys have been there. Mm, <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> Weird place. Um, but it's, yeah, so I, I just have like this, this huge love for them, uh, you know, um, for your guys' scene, because I, I would go out there and see how hard you guys worked and even seeing bands from, you know, California go out there and get such a good reaction. I'm like, man, like people don't know uh, like how awesome like the Las Vegas hardcore scene is. And even the bands that came out of there, like, I, uh, you know, loved Winch Mob uh i'm a huge fan of uh there's this band called the atrocity complex they didn't do too much but i i i, I really like their music and then obviously you know dustin does uh suffer the loss a uh, super sick band and uh my buddy jet plays in a band called purity i'm sure you guys have you guys heard of them yeah and then you guys obviously so it's it's like for me i've always wanted to like uh you know just like i, I want to grab people from out here and shake them and be like if you've never been to las vegas for a hardcore show, like you need to go and see what it's like out there because there's a lot of awesome people, a lot of hardworking people, and there's always a great time. And you guys, uh, in my opinion, like just the the bands, and, and I don't know if it's like the fact that maybe the bands from Vegas don't get to California enough. Uh, maybe that's why um, people aren't too familiar, but it's like, no, for me, I'm just like, no, I, I always want to just scream at people. I'm like, you guys got to get out there and realize that uh, Las Vegas has an awesome hardcore scene. Yeah, we, yeah, I mean, you're totally right. And thanks for, for, for mentioning that. Hopefully, you know, more people will kind of check out some of those bands. Like, you know, you mentioned Purity, like they just put out that new, that video that came out well, like just a couple of days ago. Super sick. I mean, there's lots of like some kind of more veteran dudes like Jet, who's been in like a million bands, right? Like Presagers and World Tension. He's in like 49 bands. Um, and like, yeah. Yeah, like, dude, yeah, exactly. And then, like, you know, like, even, like, you know, you mentioned Folsom, you know, Stu has that Spirit World mm-hmm. that just came out, like, pretty recently that's, that record's sick also. Um, there's some newer bands. There's this band we, we, I think we, I can't remember if we played to a show with them. We just went to the show uh, called Glee Club. And, mm-hmm. like, they just started, set up, started playing. I was, like, just, my eyes just got, like, this wide. I was, like, this drummer is, like, so rad. He's like the best drummer. He's like 14 years old. Like there's like, it's like, it's cool. There's a lot of, a lot of bands, um, different, like different musically and hardcore. Mm-hmm. Um, like, so without, it's like kind of like on the screamo kind of spectrum. And then you have bands like oversight that are kind of like more of the old school hardcore. And you have like world tension. Who's thrash. And you have us. Who's like, I don't know, nineties ish. You got all these different variations of hardcore. I think that's also really cool too. There's like a lot of difference. It's not just like, Oh, cool every band sounds the same. Like every band, you know, is a beat down band or every down band is a punk band or whatever. So that's, I think that's really cool as well. Yeah. And shout out oversight, shout out Ian and Anthony. Those guys are awesome. Uh, I, I was a uh, play. I was working the door of that um, Glee club show that he's talking about. Mm-hmm. And uh, the parents for the band like showed up like an hour before doors and they're like, Can we get in there now. <laughs> and I was, we were just kind of joking and, and, um, Justin was was there too, and he was like, uh, "Man, I'm old." I was like, "Are you kidding me? I think I'm probably older than this band's parents." Like, <laughs> I, 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 and he's just like laughing. He's like, "That's awesome." 
And uh, your previous comment uh, about Suffer the Loss, the last iteration of Suffer the Loss, Scott and I played in them. Um, we played, I don't know, maybe three or four shows with Suffer the Loss. So S- Scott played second guitar. I played drums. And uh, I loved it because the, the, the breakdowns for those songs were just so much fun to play. Mm-hmm. Um, I would be like punching my drums. I'm like breaking sticks everywhere. I'm like spitting water all over the place. And um, we just had a blast um, playing with Self of the Lost. That was, uh, it was super fun for us to, to, to uh, play in a band with Dustin and Justin and uh, just get crazy with it. It was super fun. Yeah, for sure. I uh, like that band, and I know uh, you know Dustin had been working at it for a while, and I had no idea you guys uh, you know uh, played with him. So that, that that's super cool to hear. Yeah, our um, our our first, like I mentioned earlier, our first uh, guitar player um, Octavio, when he was still in the band, he was he was really good friends. He had been in bands way back in the day, like this band called Pull the Pin, and some other bands that played like at Hammer House, those type of old shows, mm-hmm. kind of before me and Joel were here. But he he didn't. Uh, and Justin from a long time ago, and I I know Ju- Justin was playing shows before I met Dustin, so it worked out. It was really cool. It's cool they were kind of like all just kind of older dudes, you know. So um, Octavio was kind of kind of playing with them, and, and he just kind of was like, hey, you know, I'm in this other band. These dudes are pretty pretty decent musicians, you know. And it just kind of worked out, and it was a uh, it was cool, you know. We we play with we play with Terror. We played. Uh, the super sick show on the floor at the VFW hall, I think was, I can't remember if that was the show that there was a fight and, and then the cops came and, and everyone yeah. left, but then all stayed. the bands left, all the bands yeah. left, but uh, all the bands the involved bands. in the fight left, but uh, we, it was like three local bands and uh, we played on the floor. It was awesome. We played that uh, curl up and die secret show reunion show. Uh, we played with uh, year of the knife. Uh, so we played a couple like really awesome shows. Uh, with stuff of the loss, we had a blast. I loved it. I hadn't played my drums in so long. Like, I have a, a awesome set of drums that I bought like 20 years ago that have just been like sitting in storage and now just sitting in Scott's garage. And uh, the fact that I was able to set them up and play, like, I was just super stoked, like, to be able to 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 play my drums and uh, jam with those dudes. That's a long time. I'm like, did you have to get like, uh, you know, new stuff to um, kind of bring the drums back to life or was everything good after that? No, it was good. It was always kept in storage in cases. So they're in really good shape. And, uh, Scott takes care of them for me now. Also, Joel omitted that we, we were also in a indie band, like, um, five or six years ago, like very short term, me and Joel played this indie band. It was like really fun and way different than I think anything I've done. I don't know. Joel probably different than what Joel's done as well. Right. So they got a little bit of a little bit of use, and then went back in the cases. Right. <laughs> now you, you say indie band, like like what kind of style? Because I'm curious. Because I'm now I'm trying to picture you guys doing an indie band. Oh, it it was uh acoustic. It was acoustic. So the band started as a, just an acoustic project with a friend of our name ours named Bronson, and he's just like a Hawaiian dude who plays acoustic and sings kind of. I don't know, emo-y indie kind of rock songs. And um, he was like, he asked me, I met him and he was just like, Oh, you play drums. You ever want to jam? Let me know. And I was like, cool. So he played a couple shows as a two piece. And I was like, Oh, let's get my buddy Scott to play bass. And then we played as a three piece. We probably played a couple of shows. I don't know, maybe like a half dozen shows or something recorded an EP. And we had a blast. It was, uh, I don't even know. I don't even know what it would be, what you would consider it. My friend told me, my friend told me it sounds like the Goo Goo Dolls at a luau, 
And I thought that was a good compliment. So I was like, that's cool. <laughs> sounds uh, very chill. <laughs> yeah, extremely chill. Very chill. Yeah. yeah. Did you guys get to play with uh, the the local band Acid Rain back in the day? Uh, I did when I, I was. I've been in a few bands. I was in a band called In Fugue, um, and we played with them. Acid Rain is my is my favorite um, Vegas band. Like that that first record, that EP that they put out is like my favorite thing that's come out of Vegas. And I still listen to it all the time. Mm-hmm. Like I fucking love it. I love the riffs on that record. Like, I can't say how much I love that, that first EP. Um, so yeah, I, we definitely, I definitely played with acid rain. Like the acid rain did like a, I think did one of our Christmas shows. I can't remember if me and Joel played in a band for that show. I want to say maybe we did, but yeah, we I did. definitely played, I played with them back when they were kind of like regularly playing. Yeah. They did a reunion show like two Christmases ago. And uh, we did a Christmas toy drive show and we, we played that show. It was awesome. It's really cool. Really cool show. I'm just happy to hear that you guys have love for acid rain. Cause I, I, I thought that band was like so fucking cool. And I wanted them to get out here to California way more. Cause I was like, man, there's this band in Vegas. that I think is like, you know, could hold their own anywhere. Uh, but it, you know, it sucks that they're not a band anymore, but you know, whatever things happen. Yeah. We, um, so I, my second band that I was in in Vegas was this band called, Iron Palm, and we kind of um, so we had uh, Fidel played in that band. So like, yeah, I mean, we kind of stole uh, stole some uh, some uh, some members, I guess uh, after after they kind of weren't doing as much. But all those guys are doing like um, like Fidel does like a million bands. He's, mm-hmm. Him and Jet, you know, they're like doing a million bands. So, but yeah, Azarine was super super sick. Uh, again, my favorite thing from Vegas for sure. Oh yeah, but yeah, I, I guys like Jet and Fidel uh, are are important because you know them uh, you know being able to start so many different projects and just kind of uh, you know just bringing so many people together to just you know play music and just keep the scene alive. Uh, I, I think guys like them are definitely important. Heck yeah, yeah, dudes are rad musicians, and it it's cool that you know both of those dudes um, like you know Jet's in like I don't know a hundred bands. I literally don't even know how many bands he's in, but like. I mean, there's Purity, which is like this kind of metally 90s new metal throwback band. And then he's in World Tension. And then, you know, they did like that that indie kind of project recently that was like real chill. Stargazer. Uh, is that what it was? Yeah, they did yeah. that. And then it's kind of, it's cool. You know, I think that, um, I think a lot of us, you know, like Joel's favorite band is the Goo Goo Dolls, which is not a knock, but it's, it's cool that, you know, like everyone has such wide varied interests, you know, mm-hmm. like I put out an ambient record like six or seven years ago. I just did it myself because I love ambient music. So it's, it's cool that like everyone has such cool, different um, interests in music. And it's, you know, hardcore is one iteration of, of where we see ourselves, but it's cool that we can we can see ourselves in all these other places, too. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think it's really important because uh, I, I always get tripped out when people are so closed minded when it comes to music. Cause for me, I love everything like uh, Joel earlier w- w- when you mentioned uh, BTS and uh, you know, uh, you know, K-pop I'm, I'm a huge K-pop fan. That's like my, my, it's my so good dude. That's like my so thing. good. I'm jamming with my daughter in the backseat and she's like, she gets out of the car and I'm still listening to it. It's awesome. Yeah. Okay. Now I'm, I, I have to do this because uh, you, you talk about K-pop. So I, I'm going to turn off my, I, for everybody listening, we're on Zoom right now, but I'm, I'm going to turn off my virtual background and show you my little collection that I've been building up. And this is all during 
the pandemic. So I, I started getting in, like getting super into it, like uh, like maybe like four, like maybe like five or six months ago. So I, I guess it's not that long ago. Hold on, give me one second. I'm gonna turn this off real quick. Um, hold on. Now, now I just gotta like adjust my camera. Hold on. Get that shit out of the way. But um, if if you can see, like these are all like records that I've been collecting, um, like like crazy. So like right here, this whole like this little last section is like all like twice, which is like one of the biggest groups. And then these are all just like different bands. And like this one right here, I have like eleven copies of the same record, just because I'm just so obsessed <laughs> with it. It, it. It's so stupid. It, it's pointless. Like I, I was thinking about it. Um, I was like, why do I have eleven copies? And I'm like, I don't know. I I just think it's super cool. And then here's like new shirt. Yeah, sweet. Um, but but yeah, but I that's like my new love, and I uh, like don't have too many friends that listen to it. So like whenever I, I go to like the record store, I always just uh, try to talk to the people working because they, they don't think I'm like such a you know psycho for listening to this kind of music. Yeah, I mean it's, that's that's what's cool about music, you know. Like you can you can go so many different places. You can be into so many different things. You know, like I said. Joel's favorite bands, the Goo Goo Dolls, the, like the Smiths are my favorite band, you know, like I, I love, again, like I, I had a record player, like literally from the time I can remember, I had a Fisher Price record player and I, I was playing records literally since the time I can remember. Um, and I grew up on like Hall and & Oates and like Journey and like a bunch of sick stuff like that. And even, even though I hated country initially, you know, I kind of came around, my dad loved country. So, you know. Johnny Cash and Waylon Jennings and like all that seventies country. Like it's, it's cool to like, there's just so much good stuff out there. You know what I mean? It's yeah. You definitely can't put your head in the sand and just think like, Oh, I only like hardcore or I only like punk or I only like, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So I mean, there's, there's all types of cool stuff. Yeah. And, and you're like, uh, you know, just saying all this while wearing a cradle of filth t-shirt, which I think is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, and by the way, uh, me, and, um, uh, um, Joel's daughter and I have a project as well. So, you know, there's this little goth project, okay. if you will, Dude. that, uh, she, she, she wanted to, to experiment and she wanted Joel, tell, tell, tell the story about that uh, birdie. Yeah. She wants to, uh, she's, she's in a couple different bands, um, with some friends at school, including, Including the the Screaming Skulls. Oh, Skulls! It's one of her bands. Okay. Um, she's in a band called the Jinx Girl, Jinx Gals, and she's also in a goth band with Scott called Bloodhound. And she writes songs about demon bloodhounds attacking <laughs> you. <laughs> I I want to know where she's getting her inspiration for these lyrics. I, <laughs> I have no idea. This is like she's like the weirdest kid ever. It, she, she's like she wants to listen to black pink and then she wants me to like tell her a story about zombies eating brains and i'm just like all right cool she's just she likes everything okay Wait, is she allowed to watch like crazy movies no no we're okay. we're we're pretty strict with uh her her uh what her viewing is but uh okay. i think the, the the biggest and scariest thing she watches is like goosebumps and even that sometimes pushes it okay but, yeah sometimes uh, uh I like the old, like the, the old TV show from like the nineties. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, some of those are still creepy. Yeah. Ben cook. Okay. <laughs> ben cook. I love it. She's like watching Ben cook on a episode of goosebumps and I'm, I'm listening to him, you know, screaming on a hardcore record. Well, I was going to suggest 28 days later, but obviously that might be too soon. That movie's good though. Yeah. 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 It's wild. 
<clears throat> okay, so we're we're here, uh, tail end of February. Uh, the rest of the year, I it's kind of wide open. Um, obviously these like vaccines are rolling out. Uh, maybe we are en route to defeat COVID and it not being so serious, and we can get out of this pandemic and try to you know bring the world back to how things were before. Obviously, I, I don't want to use the word normal because that's just uh, you know it's weird right now, but. Uh, for you guys, as uh, the end of everything, you guys have this record that came out a couple months ago. Uh, do you guys have a game plan for the rest of the year? Do you want to sit and let people bond with the record a little more? Or do you want to hammer out these 30 songs that you mentioned that you have, Scott? Um, do you guys have a game plan? Or are you guys just kind of chilling out right now? We have a plan. Uh, we've been talking for about a month now about doing a covers EP of uh four or five songs of bands that we think um inspire us to be the end of everything so we were kind of talking about it and picking some songs and every band member kind of picked a song and then we said yes or no and then we we probably fought for about three weeks as to what the songs were going to be and we've just been kind of practicing those and listening to them in our own separate worlds and uh we want to get together and, and jam them and record them and just kind of put them out just you know, digital, just put them out online and, and just have some cover songs out there just for fun because of, of bands that we really, really enjoy. And then uh, hopefully, you know, start playing some shows again soon. And, uh, you know, and, and hopefully we can, uh, you know, like you said, be back to some sense of normalcy and be able to, to, to be in the same room together and, and play some shows and, and have some fun. Yeah. It, it is a strange thing to to kind of wonder what it'll feel like when we're actually back at that first gig because I was uh, I've told the story many times, but uh, the last show that I went to, uh, we all had um, you know walked away thinking that we we're going to go to the show that was going to happen next week because the pandemic hadn't really hit um, as hard yet um, out here on the West Coast. So things for us, we thought were going to be okay, but you know that show happened, and then a couple days later, it's like boom. Uh, things are shutting down left and right. And then all of a sudden, you know, tours just started falling out of the sky. Bands are having to turn around and go home and uh, shows were gone. So I'm definitely looking forward to being able to get back to that moment because uh, you're thinking about from the age of 14 to, you know, 2020 um, or that, that was a weird um, uh, the age of 14 to, to me being 31. I was you know going to shows multiple times a week. But then here we are, you know, had to suffer uh, the majority of 2020. Um, and here we are still 2021, still no shows. I, I know there was a, like an outdoor fest that, um, announced, I, I think it was like in New Jersey, if, if I remember correctly, cause there's all this weird Twitter drama, but, uh, you know, that's happening. So I, I find that interesting. I, I uh, am really curious to see how that's going to play out, but I'm definitely looking forward to just being able to roll up to program, uh, you know, pay the doorman and then go and just enjoy my night without having to worry about getting people sick or people getting me sick. Uh, I, I just want to go and just uh, have fun and uh, enjoy the music. Yeah. The, the last show that was here in Vegas was the Acacia strain and it was their tour got canceled. And so they needed to book a couple quick shows, like short notice shows to get home. And it was like March 15th. So like mm -hmm. the pandemic was going pretty strong at that point. It was, you know, it was like, Hey, show up, wear a mask, be socially distant, you know, be smart type of thing. And I remember there's a, a band from here called Dredge. Are you familiar with Dredge? Mm -hmm. Pretty solid band. And like the guitar player came up to me and was like, yo. And I was like, 
uh, yeah wait i don't think that's okay Ooh. right now <laughs> yeah. and uh and that's just something that kind of stands out to me and uh um you know who knows what what's going to happen you know i mean as soon as we all can start getting some vaccines and and you know, getting, you know, having the positivity rate be at a certain level, we could, you know, do shows at a certain capacity, but a certain capacity in a restaurant or, or a, an arena isn't the same as at a show because you're all standing in the same area. So you're not really good. It's not like you're going to sit there and be like, okay, there's X's on the ground. You can only stand on an X during the band. No one can move. No one can dance. No one can sing along type of thing. But right. it'd be interesting to see like how it plays out and what, happens and but i mean i i just really want to you know see some bands and and play some shows and and have some fun it's been so long you mentioned that uh cases range tour that was the last tour that came through here um but it happened at chain reaction which is like 10 minutes from where i live and it was the 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 weirdest thing because uh they had to cut the capacity in half so they, they did two shows in one day they did like a 2 30 p.m show and like a seven o'clock show. So it's just like they had to email everybody like, hey, like you're you're the two thirty show or you're the seven PM show. Like, sorry, like we have to do this because of like capacity issues because of, um, you know, the pandemic that's going on. And uh, yeah, that, that was really strange. But the last like actual real show that happened, um, there was like a secret show in L.A., but the last one that happened was um, rotting out played. And then that was it. It's crazy. Yeah. At least got some good shows before before it shut down, you know. And uh, Scott and I went to, in February, just about a year ago now, we went to L.A. to see the California Takeover, the Step Case, Earth Crisis, and Strife. In magnitude. And, and, uh, yes. (laughs) No, no, they didn't play that show. Oh, they didn't? Uh, Oh, okay. uh, Hesitation Wounds. Oh, okay, you went to that one. Yeah. And, um, you know, before, like, when we were talking about going, it was like, yeah, we should go. And I was like, well, I got to get out from work, and I got to, you know, make sure we get, you know, get a hotel and this because we're old we don't just you know we can't just drive to and from a show and four hours away and sleep in the car or whatever mm-hmm. or sleep on somebody's floor so we were just like yeah we should go we should go and then we kind of were like eh, maybe maybe not and then like thinking back like hopefully this is a wake-up call for people who myself included who's like i don't know if i want to drive all the way to la to see this show or drive to phoenix or go out on a tuesday night because i just worked and i'm tired but like who knows? You might not. You might have another year before you can see a show or more. So, like, don't hesitate. Like, get in the car, go on that road trip, see that band. You know, do whatever you can do because, you know, as we as we can see firsthand, like nothing is is nothing lasts forever. So, let's uh, you know, make the most of it. Were you to say something, Scott? Oh no, I I, mean, I I totally agree. Yeah, like what Joel was saying. You know. Um, and I think hardcore, we've all experienced, you know, kind of ebbs and flows with it, you know, it's attendance and it's, you know, who's, who's in the scene and whatnot. Um, yeah. Like it, hopefully just, you know, it's a, it's a good indicator of, of uh, just, just do it. Just come out to shows, have fun. Just, you know, like um, we definitely want to see people at shows. We definitely want to play shows. We're definitely interested to see what shows are going to be like, like, like you were saying, you know, like Joel mentioned before is like, you know, like, like over the last few months, like when there's a show, like, you know, like, do you do you put the mic in the crowd like do you sanitize after every 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 band like i mean it's going to be it's going to be you know maybe weird a little bit at first 
or maybe it's just going to be super sick. Maybe like, it's just going to be like everyone comes out. That's what we're hoping for. I hope just like mm-hmm. literally everyone fucking comes out. Like everyone comes out. Like you went to a show, you kind of like hardcore. You don't like hardcore. Your friends are in bands, whatever. Just like everyone rolls out. And maybe that will, you know, be like that cool boost. Like just do it. It's fun. Like that's what you enjoy. That's what, you know, if there's something that brought you out in the first place. It's still there, you know? Yeah. I, I imagine shows coming back when it like it, it worked. Uh, COVID-19 is not uh, an, an issue because uh, even right now uh, with like out here, like you can go uh, dine in in some restaurants, uh, you know, at capacity. Then there's outdoor dining. Um, they have these safety protocols. Like I, I wouldn't even imagine a show happening, you know, with protocols like that. I picture when shows come back, uh, you know, COVID-19 is not even an issue anymore where it will just be like another um, virus that you can you know go get a shot for, or if you already have the vaccine where it, it won't be so fatal like right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it'd be interesting, you know, like it's hard, you know, obviously like with just compliance, mass mm-hmm. compliance, who's going to want to get vaccinated, who's not going to want to get vaccinated. There's just so many different variables, you know, like to say this, the tank that's going to be completely knocked out soon is still hopeful. You know what I mean? So <clears throat> it'll definitely be interested. Definitely. I can't wait till like, we don't have to talk about COVID every single day. Every sentence isn't revolving around COVID and yeah. like, you know, it, it'll be, it'll be nice. Okay. Well, damn. I'm so happy that we're able to do this. I was thinking you guys before we started recording, um, but I want to do it on air. I I had um, you guys scheduled to do a podcast, but unfortunately I wasn't able to make the date and I'm just happy that you guys were down to reschedule because this has been uh, such a pleasure to talk to you guys. And like I said before, I'm very happy to be able to have somebody on from the Las Vegas hardcore scene because I uh, you know, uh, value what you guys do out there. And I think uh, more people should be talking about what's going on out there and traveling out there for shows when they're available. So I seriously thank you guys so much for taking the time to do the podcast. Yeah. Um, I mean, we appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for having us. It's, it's also cool from our perspective to have someone who's, who kind of knows a little bit about what, what, where we're coming from. Mm-hmm. You know, like a lot of times we're talking to someone from like, I talked to, I did a podcast with dude from England, which is cool. It was super fun, but like, he has literally no idea, you know, like you have some inkling of kind of some of the things you know a little bit about it. So that's just, just cool. It's cool that we know the same people, you know, who would have known? We had no idea that, oh, this dude that we're interviewing with, you know, he's going to know people that we know. So that's, that's pretty sick. And that's just like, that's really cool about like the hardcore community. You know what I mean? Like you meet people at shows, you, you know, you kind of expand your, your horizons, your, you know, who you know, what you do. It's, I think that's super sick. So yeah, I'm doing this podcast, I, I just found out that like, um, everybody that I talk to, we're all connected, uh, you know, whether I know it or not, like, it, it's just like, we all have like some sort of connection, you know, whether it be like, you know, the six degrees of Kevin Bacon or whatever. Um, it's like, yeah, like it, it's big as hardcore is, um, it, it's, uh, you know, not that big when you actually really break it down. Cause like, seriously, we all have the same friends. We probably just don't really know it yet. Yeah. That's a new segment for what, for your show. Like, how, how do I? How know many people do I know that you know? <laughs> yeah. How do I know you? How do I connect yeah. you back to someone I know? Yeah. Before be I uh, before I moved to Las Vegas, I was touring with bands, like working for bands. And the last band I I toured with, I was um, with Atreyu. Oh. So I was in oh, Orange County. I was in Anaheim all the time. You know, before tour started, at the end of tours. So I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure I was probably at some shows that you were at and, and it's just crazy that, you know, that, you know, the same people, but also you kind of, you, you may have also kind of screwed yourself a little bit now because 
when shows start coming back, like we're going to be like, yo, I'm going to hit you up on the email and be like, you better be here. You better make that drive to Vegas. We got a show coming up. I'm, I want to, I will make it out to a Vegas show when things come back. I, I'll see you guys there. We can go hit up a cool buffet because I know that's a thing. I, I, I love going to buffets out there. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll make it happen. All right. Uh, but, hold you to that. Okay. Uh, but before we sign off, um, is there anything you guys want to say or um, you know, shout out? Scott's eating, so I'm going to go first. Okay. Yeah, my my, my wife my wife sat, sat a plate of nachos down here like half an hour ago, and I don't know if you see me doing like one he of those. eyeballing it. Just so I keep eyeballing it. Like, how am I going to not eat these nachos? Just so I, uh, go, you go go first. Yeah, yeah, you, you worry about the nachos. I uh, as you mentioned before, uh, the Las Vegas hardcore scene is is incredible. And uh, I, I did a, a a podcast with somebody I don't know a couple weeks ago or months ago or whatever. And uh, I was telling this guy I was like. Uh, even if we weren't on a podcast and this wasn't being recorded and being going to be played back, like I wouldn't have anything negative to say about the Vegas hardcore scene. There's so many awesome bands that, that we've played with and that we've watched, you know, hand of doubt. So without dredge world tension, close combat, uh, oversight, suffer the loss, uh, spirit world. Like there's just so many awesome bands that we were, we've been lucky enough to play with and see at these, at these shows. And, um, and, and we've played some really awesome shows. We got to play with Terror and, you know, uh, Chamber, uh, See You Space Cowboy, Judiciary. Uh, we got to play with some really awesome, awesome bands. And to be able to to see shows and be at shows and see um, our friends who are booking these shows be able to do this and, and be able to do this as like a career almost. I don't want to I don't want to say it is or isn't a career because it's a, you know, I'm not going to get into people's financial business or whatever, but to be able to do these things and do them regularly and, and succeed at them is, is just amazing. So when we see when, when I was growing up, I'll, I'll, I'll wrap this up quicker, quickly. When I was growing up, there was a lot of competition with other bands. Um, and maybe it was, maybe I created it in my own mind where I was playing in a band and I was like, damn it. Why are they, why is this band playing this show? We should be playing this show. We're better than they are type of thing. But like when I see a band added to a show or a tour, like I'm just like, that's amazing. Like I can't wait to see Dredge now that they just put out this new EP. I can't wait to see So Without. I can't wait to see, you know, Close Combat. When we talked about favorite local bands, Close Combat's my favorite local band. I fucking love that band. And uh, like when I see them on shows, I'm just like so stoked. And I'm not like, oh, this, I want to play that show. Why is Close Combat playing? Like, I just think, awesome. I can't wait to see Close Combat. So just the, the scene as a whole and, and the camaraderie and all the bands and all the people is just phenomenal. And I can't wait. And I hope that when we get clear of this, that all of these bands are still playing shows and are still a band and can still, you know, keep going so that we can see these bands again. Last shout out, Misdirection. I love Misdirection. Hell yeah. Yeah, I mean, I would just kind of follow up and say, yeah, like, thanks to every local hardcore band. Like, there's so many bands. I'm going to forget everyone, so I'm not going to try. But um, <clears throat> everyone in Vegas has been super sick. Um, Ryan at War Against has been super sick, been really cool to work work with. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, obviously, people want want that record or merch. You know, we have the we have the, the those, both those color uh, of vinyl, I believe, still in stock. Um, go to War Against Records, check them out. Um, I think we have, I think the blue long sleeves in stock. I don't know if the camo shirts, but yeah, if you're interested and you dig it, 
cool. If, you know, you don't have money, you want hit hit up Spotify or Apple Music or Bandcamp. You know, I mean, you can find that stuff there. So um, again, our goal wasn't to sell you know shirts and and records per se. Um, our, our goal was to like make art and hopefully people like our art. And um, if you want to support it, cool. That's that's awesome. And if you, you don't, that's cool too. So um, but yeah, that stuff's definitely available for everyone. Um, YouTube, that video is up on YouTube. Um, so yeah, definitely a bunch of, of ways to kind of check it out. See what you think. All right. Well, seriously, thank you guys again. Thank you, Joel and Scott, for coming on the podcast. Thank you guys for sticking around and we'll be back soon. 